This is the Kingdom Minds Podcast, reaching you through conversation. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on whatever time you're listening. Today is Monday, May 10th. Welcome to another Kingdom Minds discussion. On today's episode, we talk about great areas in the church. We're so glad that you've decided to listen, and we pray that you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to another Kingdom Minds conversation. Today we have myself, Lavina. We've got Robert Thomas. Hey, yo. We've got Sakara Phillips. Hello. And we've got Kiajane McClarty. Hey, guys. And of course, we have Jamal Simons. What's up? What's up? Unfortunately, Kaylin Minus is not able to join the conversation today, and I'm sure he'll enjoy listening to it later. My wonderful husband has given me the task of leading the conversation this week. Isn't that a privilege and an honor? Bless him, Lord. Um, so <laughs> the um, topic today is gray areas in the church. And um, I thought it would be wise to just kind of define what we mean by gray areas. So um for me, a gray area in the church is is topics or ideas or lifestyles that different religious cultures, organizations, groups, um, religions, period, disagree on in essence. Um, for example, we're going to discuss things like drinking and cursing and what you were in church um, and things of that nature where the ideas and perspectives vary across the world basically does anybody have anything to add to that definition so far no we're good yep cool great i did good all right so i figured the safest one to start with is drinking and by drinking i mean drinking alcohol actually let me back up for a minute. What I want to start out with is um, just something that I put together when I was doing the research for this conversation. Um, and basically it's to say that if there's anything that takes your heart away from or distracts you from God, you need to determine for yourself whether or not it is something you should or should not be doing. If there's something that's coming in between you and your relationship with God, whether or not it is sinful becomes a minor point, and the focus shifts to whether or not you have made something or someone an idol before God. And I think the main question is, are you controlled by your sinful nature, which is found in 1 Corinthians 3. So let's go back to the first topic, drinking, drinking alcohol, wine, beer. Uh, What's the soft alcohol called? Coolers? Coolers, yeah. Okay. You got your wicked. Yes, that that sort of thing. What should or shouldn't we be doing? Now, um, initially on my Christian journey, I was under the impression that drinking alcohol, playing and simply putting it to your lips was a sin. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. As I've um, 
grown closer to God and read the word for myself. And um, I've, I've created a different perspective on the matter in that um, I believe drinking alcohol isn't the problem. The problem is how much you drink and whether or not you get drunk and whether or not it's something you do every day all day and whether or not it's part of or a major part of your lifestyle, so to speak. Um, the one scripture that I really like that talks about drinking, sorry, it's actually a group of um, scriptures. So Ephesians 5 um, talks a lot about living in delight. So basically following the example of Christ. So verses 5 to 9. So I'm going to read verses 5 to 9, the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read verses 15 and 16. Um, So starting at verse 5, it says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, (laughs) worshiping the gods of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Then verse 15 and 6, 15 to 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants for your life. Now, I know that doesn't speak directly to being um, drunk, but verse 18 does. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it says drunk. Just want to put that out there it doesn't say don't drink wine just saying that so part. yes opening up for further comments what do you guys think I mean I'll start like I was definitely in that boat where it was like I was raised to think that if you so much as like thought about alcohol like you're basically just sinning until like I got older and that's when I like started to read the Bible from either read the Bible for myself or I also kind of noticed that um, people in the church were also consuming alcohol, um, which at first I won't lie. It kind of it kind of shocked me because like I was like, wait a minute, like didn't they tell us like, you know, basically you're going to hell if you consume if you think about it you know um but now that I'm older like I I don't want to say I don't know I don't want to put my business on the streets but um my perspective has changed put it that way no that makes sense um because I do know a few people that have a little wine with their dinner and things like that Robert Sakara you you have no thoughts on drinking? 
Well, you the ones up in the club if your um shot glass in the air. What's happening? That Ooh. part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really honestly I'm not really a fan of drinking. Like I my body just can't heal the liquor. Um, but honestly, I was heavily thinking about this topic yesterday and um in terms of smoking and drinking and all any type of drugs or alcohol, um, I feel like it is a problem when it becomes an idol, and I and you kind of touched on that in in the beginning. Um, is 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 a problem when it becomes an idol and when we're using it in place of God, and I feel like that's what a lot of people do. Um, speaking from my experience, I have done that, where I've tried to look for peace and rest and comfort in some type of substance, where act- in actual fact I should be really going to God for that. And so I feel like that became an idol in my life, where I was constantly going to that thing, trying to find something in it and idolizing it and not really going to God. And I, that's the issue. All of this, and not even just smoking and drinking, any, I feel like any grazing is a, it, it's a problem when it becomes an idol because, and we have, we idolize a lot of things, not even just alcohol mm. and drugs. We idolize behaviors. We idolize actions. We idolize people. We idolize things. And that's the whole thing for me is when it becomes an idol and when we're putting it before God, that's, when, that's where the issue is. Agree. Wow. <clears throat> 100%. Wow. Robert? She said that. She said that. <laughs> she preached. She preached. Um, yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is that for certain people, um, I always am under the assumption that you should know your triggers. And if you are going to drink just to drink knowing that it's going to lead you on a slippery slope and cause you to end up falling into sin then don't don't open that door you know don't like jamal always says cut the devil at his knees so um i think it's important that you know um your weak points and know you know um where you're most vulnerable amen definitely agree with that um going back to what Sakara said about um making things an idol um I believe this is definitely a belief um of my a personal belief but if anything has chemicals in it that can result in an addiction and it, it essentially makes you a slave to that thing yeah. Um, yeah. And then that chemical becomes an idol of sorts, becoming first priority above all things in your life, becoming first before God, before family, before job, before money. Um, so if 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 there's anything that you can become addicted to, not even just um, like Sakara was saying, not even just alcohol, drugs or whatever. If there's anything that you, if your characteristics, personality, past can become addicted to it has the potential to become an idol um and i think you guys are on point with that romans six sixteen says um don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey wow. you can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey god 
which leads to righteous living. Um, so like Robert was saying, if you if you know yourself and you know your weaknesses and your triggers, that can basically help you um, follow God and guard your life accordingly and don't do whatever those things are. And like I said in the beginning, whether or not you believe it's sinful or not, what works for you is the primary thing that you need to think about and whether or not it comes before God. Right. I have a question though, because... My thing is that when we talk about drugs, we're talking about a wide, wide spectrum, like from simple as marijuana to cocaine. I didn't know marijuana, I know it was simple, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> marijuana to what? Sorry. To codeine. Um, um, like people take drugs for for illnesses, for sicknesses and stuff like that. So like people got addicted to that and and I feel like it's it's the fine line between taking it for your illnesses and then when you don't need it anymore and then people becoming addicted to it that's not the fault you they've been taking it for so long for this illness and they just they come accustomed to living with it and the body comes accustomed to having it so when it comes to a point where they don't need it anymore and it's an addiction how does the church deal with people like that? Because not everybody walks in a church with, oh, I just started with smoking weed and then I moved up to more stuff. Some people actually were like, you know what, I was sick and as a child, this is what I was given or something like that. Or some people even born from um, parents who were on drugs and evidently they came out like that as well. So how does the church go about dealing with people who are like that? I think I have a good example of that. Um, not really an explanation, but an example. Um, you guys know DMX, mm-hmm. right? He recently passed. Um, but, you know, he had an addiction and he was exposed um, at a young age. I believe he was exposed at like 15. Someone gave him like crack to try. They laced something with crack. Um, his He was addicted ever since. But the thing about him that was different was you can tell that he had a heart for God. He was like, I've, I've seen countless videos of him on Instagram and Twitter of him like praying and just speaking the word. Like I saw a video of him like reading the Bible as well. Um, so I think that could also be like a good example of what Sakara was talking about. Um, like how do we deal with these types of people? I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any easy answer to that, um, which is why it's a gray area, right? But I think the Bible teaches, um, first of all, love one another. So I think first and foremost, we need to not judge and not make assumptions about people's lives and straight up just love them as they are. Um, I think another thing that we can do um, as Christians and as the churches support them when they can't pray for themselves, pray with them when they can't hold up the arms, hold up the arms. If they don't recognize the fact that they have a problem, help them, guide them to be like, okay, wait, I think you might have a problem. When they are ready to recognize it, help them through, help take them to the drug rehabilitation, go with them, whatever they need, try to be there for them. I think that is key, but I, I most of all should the love of Christ because you know showing the love of Christ can help somebody through anything 
if the God somebody next to him shouldn't the love of Christ. That sounded like a real Christianese answer, but it it was it was it was it was from my heart. I, I promise you. Yeah, I feel it. You felt so. That. Do we feel like I don't know? Do we feel like the church like does a good job at supporting people who have addictions or who are going through? I don't think so. Because I exactly. I I mean, sorry to say, but I personally don't think so. I think there's way too much judgment. There's way too much pointing the finger. Like there's way too much gossip. Like, did you hear so and so? Um, did this last weekend? Did you hear so and so? Like the daughter went and did x y and z like there's way it's way too much of it and a huge lack of okay wow what can I do to be there for you how can I support you through this addiction how can I be your accountability or how can I pray for you or things like that nature I feel like we are missing it we are missing the mark when it comes to that completely we're missing the church is missing a lot of stuff key it's not it's not even just it's 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 a no for real. We, we are missing a lot but i i i don't think that the church i don't think that they deal well with um people who struggle with addictions because even honestly if i was to go to church and make an announcement that i used to smoke weed in my past oh my gosh it would <laughs> oh my gosh Sakara's not invited to no more prayer meetings. She's not praying no more. She's not miming no more. She's not singing no more. She's not. She's not doing nothing. She can't even count the money. She can't. Not the money, sis. Not taking the temperatures. No, for real. I can't. I can't take the temperatures at the door. I can't. Nothing. I'm gonna sit at the back of the church and continue to ask for repentance every Sunday. Oh yeah, and every time there's an altar call, you'll be there. They're gonna be like, come, come. Point to the back, um, her in the purple dress. In the purple dress. <laughs> I feel um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of judgment in the church. And the thing about it is, is that okay, yes, I may be dealing with an addiction. I may be um yeah, I did probably go last weekend and I probably shouldn't have, but at the end of the day, I feel like we all have our struggles. And I feel like one not one thing that Christians don't understand is that one sin is no greater than the other. The law you just told yesterday is no greater, is no, it's not less than the addiction that I'm struggling with today. And that's the issue right there. Sin is a sin, is a sin, is a sin. And even people, like I said before, people idolize behaviors. There's a lot of people in the church that have different behaviors about themselves that they, that they idolize, that they practice every day and they shouldn't be doing that. And yet here they are pointing the finger at me. I feel like we all need to just come together, hold hands and pray and ask for forgiveness. And that's it. Kumbaya, my lord. <laughs> I um, I kind of think that the church. I think where they where we've, I see, we say we say they like when a part of the church, but uh, but where we have gone gone kind of wrong or kind of dropped the ball or missed the mark or however you want to say it, um, is we were so focused on the people that's already in the church and kind of portraying this holiness. And I'm saying that holiness isn't, isn't, isn't important, um, but the church, the church is supposed to be, and I think I'm not sure if it's a scripture based on, I think I'm not sure if I read a scripture or just heard people talk about it, but the church is meant to be a hospital where people, sick people come to get healed. Right. But I think we've, we've gone astray from that. Um, 
and we focused on holiness. And like I said, not to say that holiness isn't isn't what we should be focusing on, but we need a we need a, our focus should be on also like I said, truly becoming that hospital where sick people can come and and get healed, and then you you, you get them people you know into the holiness. But we've kind of put ourselves in our box, and if we've got twenty members, let's just make them twenty members be holy, you know, and. Everybody else outside, they kind of stay outside, you know. We and that's why I think the church has gotten this stigma where we turn our nerves up at at the center and we look at people like, yo, you know, you're not you're not worthy, you know. Um, but you know that's that's who should be in church, you know. When when you think of a hospital, um, the the nurses and doctors and stuff that's already in the hospital, the receptionists, they're they're not getting treated. It's the people that are coming in and getting treated, you know. So, um, I think we need to we need to really look at becoming um, a, a true hospital, you know, where the, the drunkard, the, the marijuana person, the drug addict, the cocaine, whatever can come in and, and get healed and not feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to be looked at as um, this dirty person that, you know, when I, when I sit next to this mother saying, so when the pooch is looking at me and trying not to touch me because I'm just dirty or I stink or whatever, you know, um, but we we shouldn't be look we shouldn't be operating like that you know we need to be focusing on the people that are, that are coming in you know i i really love the point that jamal just made just now i i feel like two years ago i feel i was reading a Cheney evans book and it was talking about the difference between a hospital and a hospice so basically a hospice is when you basically make comfortable until you mm-hmm. die and i feel like the church instead of being a hospital we have become a hospice where we've been making everybody feel comfortable enough until we're ready to go and that's not what we should be doing we're here to the churches got had the church intention in order for us to bring souls and to win souls and to heal people to deliver and we're missing that we're becoming we're making it so comfortable enough where we don't we're not getting healing we're not I was we're not getting healing we're not getting deliverance we're just we're making you comfortable enough we're a hospice it's not a hospital anymore first of all that'll preach and you should write that down that that's a a sermon topic right there here's a sermon topic anything about it is is that i have all this stuff written down on it ask me pretty book yes blood of jesus (laughs) but more to that point you saying we make people comfortable we that includes the people that are already sitting in the pews, not even necessarily the people that are not in the church, but we, we don't address the hard things. We don't, we don't say, Hey, so, and so, uh, you have an extra arm or something like that. We, we just brush past a lot of things. We don't talk about the difficult things. We don't, we're not bold about contending the faith. Sorry. I totally just read Jackie Hill Paris study on Jude and I'm all about contending the faith forgive me but (laughs) but that's a part of contending the faith you know looking false teachings and doctrines in the eye and saying no that's not right that's not what the bible says or taking somebody by the hand and saying well you know what sis i'm hurt for you but i think you have this problem but i'm hurt for you and i love you so i agree that we have become more about making everybody comfortable and make sure everybody's happy and make sure that you know we don't ruffle any feathers because we want to make sure that you stay in the pew and keep giving your tithes and offering that and things part. of that nature. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's on either that. it's either we're not addressing it or we're ignoring it. Yeah. So we're not we're not 
it's 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 like we're we're not saying to that person hey so you have this issue let's work on it or we ignore it and we push them out the church instead yeah yeah and and there is a difference between addressing and ignoring and turning a blind eye and putting your back to them and just hoping they disappear i i i also think the church um is scared to be vulnerable meaning well, we all we, we all seeing it fall short, right? So, the person that's a, the youth that's addicted to marijuana or drinking alcohol or prostitute, whatever, whatever they're into, they're, they're not struggling with whatever, or not even just the youth, the person that's out there that comes in for help, that comes into the so-called hospital to get help, they're not the only ones. Like a lot of people feel like when you're in your scene, that you're the only one in that scene. Like nobody else has done this before you, right? But when you come to the church, that you're, we're supposed to get healing, we're supposed to get, you know, comforted and people, you know, kind of nurse you back to health, you know, through the word, through, through prayer, through whatever. The church is scared to let people know that, hey, you know what, I'm struggling with that too. You know, masturbation and pornography, that's something that I struggle with. So if I get a youth that's a lone youth leader and I, and I get a youth come in and they're like, oh, Jamal, um, I kind of struggle with masturbation or, or pornography. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, yes, sir. You know, well, just, just pray about that. You know, you, you'll get over, you know, like kind of just make it seem like, oh, yeah, that's just you, you know, handle that. You know, I'm going to say, you know what, bro, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. You know, let's, let's work on that together. You know, that, that's, that's, that's being vulnerable, letting, letting people know that, you know what, I'm struggling with that too. And I think that's where the church is going wrong too. They, they feel, they make people feel like when, when they, when they come in with a, 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 a something that they're suffering with, they don't, they don't be vulnerable enough to let them know that you know what we what do what's suffering too you know we're not just in her perfect and you guys are just out there struggling like you know what the church is struggling too but we don't we don't we don't let we don't let that be seen you know we don't let that be known like pastors don't really readily tell people that yes i struggle with masturbation i i, I still smoke weed yes i do still drink you know what i'm saying like you don't you don't get that and that's okay. what i go ahead <laughs> I'm laughing at Lavina's face. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still said I, I smoke weed. Smoke weed. <laughs> I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You think you think new pastors out there are still smoking weed? Um, oh, that big smoking. It goes back. To, it goes back to um. I we had a conversation about this before of trying to maintain that image of perfection. And a lot of Christians do that. They try to maintain this image of perfection as if they didn't have a past, as if they've never done anything. And that is one of the number one reasons why a lot of people do not want to come to church, do not want to talk to any Christians, do not want anything to do with Christians, because they say that we are the biggest hypocrites. And I'm I'm sorry, but I, I have to agree, because how are you throwing a stone at me when you live in a glass house? You mm-hmm. had a past just like I had a past. And the thing about it is, is that if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Christ. And another thing is that a lot of the stuff that we went through is to bring us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the stuff that I went through in my past, I'm thankful because God brought me through it. And I understand that, you know, although it was unfortunate, it was in his plan. It was in his work because I wouldn't be the Sakara, the saved Christian christian girl that i am today so i'm not i'm not scared of my past i don't want to hide it i don't want to um try to erase it like it's not there because i feel like it's made me who i am today and it's it's helped me in my walk and i feel once people start to embrace that then that's when 
the whole judgment and that comes in with judgment too it all ties in together honestly it's sad I think we can agree that that is one of the gray areas of the churches as well, because what I find is a lot of churches in our culture, in the Caribbean, it's almost like an unspoken rule that that's the image that you need to portray, that being a Christian is about being perfect and about being holy and sanctified. Um, So in our culture, I feel that 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 is a highlight of the Christian walk. Whereas if you experience other cultures and primarily for me, I've been exposed to um, ministry in the United States where it's like, no, sis, I, I, I used to masturbate too, or I'm still struggling with pornography or from the pulpit, you got people saying this. Whereas in our culture, living in Bermuda, it's, it's an unheard of thing to have anybody um on that level as a preacher pastor from the pulpit talk about the vulnerabilities it's just unheard of so I think that that is one of the biggest gray areas in the church because I think if you even look at different religions there is no mention of real life it's just the bible says do don't don't do don't don't do but there's no relation to okay no what are we dealing with now and how can God help what are we dealing with now and what does the bible say about it what are we dealing with now and how are you going to help me as my brother or sister in Christ so I think that is a very good point to count. I was kind of thinking like along you know we're talking about perfectionism Jamal was talking about how like the church is kind of scared to be vulnerable I don't really think that the church I don't think the issue is that we're scared to be vulnerable I think that we're just too self-righteous oh on that one yeah (laughs) I wasn't ready Oh, skipped a beat for a second. It did. I wasn't ready. Can what? can you can you go into that more a bit, Key? Can you can say you one more time? Expound. One more time. Can you expound say, on that? Just say it one more time, dude. All right. Let me let me let me let me let me preach for us, Key. The church is not scared to be vulnerable. They are just too self righteous. They are too into themselves. They are too willing and ready to just turn up the news to anybody who has a struggle, anyone who is going through an addiction, anyone who looks different than them, rather than sharing what they've been through or even like lending a helping hand in that regard. Watch, that's crazy. I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, it makes makes a lot of sense. sense. But then when you really think about it, the idolizing themselves. So at the end of the day, we're all making idols, right? Mercy. Oh, or like Robert um oh sorry he didn't say it on the call but <laughs> idolizing the church like the organization idolizing like you said idolizing yourself in in terms of I am the pastor's wife or I am Ooh. the uh, deacon or I am <laughs> the head of finance and because I am <laughs> Because I held this position, I remember as idolizing the church as an organization as well as my role within the church. Is that really what 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 this bringing together of Christians is really all about? Idolizing images, my God. All I'm saying is the Lord will humble. Oh yes, definitely will. Shall in in due time. In ha. due time. Glory Lord. to God. Whoa. Are we still talking about great areas? I feel <laughs> <laughs> I, we should have a prayer of deliverance after this because father god in the name of jesus feeling it heavy 
<laughs> we need to have an altar call after this. Listen. The answer is love, people. That's really I, what the answer is. Amen. Not fake I, love. Like, don't be quoting the scripture about love to me from mm. the Bible. But then when I actually show up to you with my mask and with having gone out last night to drink and gotten drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, then don't just walk away from me and like, you know, not love me type. Yeah. And don't just lay hands on me and pray it away either. And don't be talking about me either. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Is the group is he talking about me for me? The group chat. Saying so you saw a no mind your business. Because you lied yesterday. Like what are you talking about? And don't go to my mama because she already knows. Thanks. Is <laughs> <laughs> that one right there hey, for me? My, my pastor knows too, okay? Yeah, yeah, everybody knows. My mental knows. I think um I think it's a I think it's a fur. I think it's also a fur. I mean, because we've this is this isn't something new that, you know, we're just kinda of coming up with now. Like we were kinda of been oh, I think since like twenty twenty, maybe even twenty nineteen, um, we've been uh talking about openness and honesty. That's kinda of been the like the motto, you know, or kinda of, you know, topic that we've been on. That that's what we need. That's what the church needs. What the that's what the new the youth that we you know uh, are seeking to get and the people that we're seeking to get they they need openness and honesty, and um and I think it's just I think it's a real. So I think to going back, sorry, I think the church know what and when I talk when I say the church, I'm talking about the the leadership now you know the, the pastors and everything that's in power now the the sees and saints or whatever that's kind of you know in charge of the church, they they've heard what we've you know we've asked them for we, I mean, we talked about both openness and honesty but i feel like it's this is a fur to really be open and honest because i feel and this this isn't i, I pray this isn't this isn't coming from like a judgmental term because I'm, I'm you know i'm putting myself and i'm putting everybody in this we we are we have some skeletons you know the, the church the people people have some skeletons right um and i feel like because you portray, if you if you spent most of your life or most of your pastoral leadership, most of your Christian walk portraying this, um, you know, perfection or holiness, and then all of a sudden say, well, you know what? I beat my wife. I, you know what I'm saying? I drink, I go home and drink a whole bottle of liquor every night. I go home and, and look at porn and jack off all night. I go home and snore three lines of coke every night. You know what I'm saying? If we, if we turn from... I'm a pastor, I'm, a, I'm perfect, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this holy than the old pastor. And then all of a sudden be open and honest and let them people, let, really let people know what you're dealing with. I think there's just that fur that, you know what, I'm going to lose my, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lose things. You know, there's that fur of being transparent, being openness and letting people know, because we all know we struggle. The Bible tells us we all have seen and fall short. So you could be, the, you could be speaking, in, if you if you could speak in tongues every sentence, so like you could never speak an English word and just speak in tongues the rest of your life, you're still got, you're still falling short. You know, you're still falling short. So I don't care how, how early you feel you are or how much, prayer you can pray all you know i've heard a pastor say oh, i pray at least 10 times a day like i'm always praying like i i spent i wake up this this hour and i you know and, and they, they, yeah that's fine but it, when you're not praying you're sinning you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it's like but and, and we and the people and i'm not saying we you know my, my, like i said I, I pray i'm not coming from a judgmental t- a judgmental place but i feel like we need this is what the, the 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 world needs to know that you know what the church 
the church is not perfect. We're not perfect. And I think we've, and that's why, like I said, we get this title as hypocrite because we put, we portray perfection, but then people see us, people see us in the club. People see that you, your next door neighbor see, hears you beating your wife. You know what I'm saying? Your next door neighbor sees you going to the cook deal and buying, buying an ounce of cook. You know what I'm saying? They see that. So they say, well, hey, he's in the church preaching about perfection. But yeah, I saw him down my neighborhood the other day buying a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? So they the world sees what you're doing, but you're trying to portray something that you're not. So, you know, you, that's where I feel like the openness and honesty needs to happen because we need to really let people know that we're not perfect. You know what? The church is not perfect. We're struggling too. We're, we're, we're sending and falling short, but we're all striving for that same mark, you know? So that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I feel like you just came for a lot of necks right there. Yeah. Um, but I want to run it back. I want to run it back to when you was talking about like, you know, we speak in tongues so much and we do the church. We speak in tongues a hell of a lot. Okay. <laughs> but we still don't know how to treat people. Uh Oh, uh Oh, because we don't want to talk about how people would rather pursue gifts rather than Ooh. pursue fruit. Okay. Is anybody Uh-oh. writing this okay. down? Because right. this is a whole nother topic. All and they shall be known by their fruit. Their fruit. Oh my God. Okay. They cast out <laughs> devils in my name, but when you came to the gates. Ha. Hmm. Glory. My God. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me start speaking in tongues now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me back it up a bit as well. As you all know, I, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not the yes person. I don't agree with everything. And Jamal and I have many heated conversations about things that we don't agree on. Therefore, I do not agree with the concept that the church is fearful of being vulnerable and transparent. I think there is a bit in there of teaching a new dog new tricks in that some of the leadership in these churches have been taught this is the way you portray the Christian walk by their mothers and fathers who were taught by their mothers and fathers who were taught by their mothers and fathers. So teaching the current leadership a different perspective, a different concept doesn't necessarily come straight from fur. It just comes straight from this is all I know and I don't know how to do anything different. So yes, yeah, tradition versus relationship. Whew. I have a can, can I finish this thought? Yes. <laughs> um, so when it comes to teaching new things, I think we need to be a little more graceful <laughs> and show more mercy to the leadership in that this is what's been done and they genuinely in some cases do not know how to do differently in some cases because there are some cases where they can see that there is a different way to do it and they just don't want to so I do agree in that point whether it's fur or they just firmly believe that this is the way it has to be done but I do think that we need to extend a bit of grace in that for centuries it's been done this way so it's hard to take something that's been done the same way for 200 years and just in a year or two flip it on its head so I think as the generation coming next or coming behind we need to give a little more grace to the current leadership and also take notes for ourselves because they also have wisdom that we can use so we can't just take it all and throw it all out I agree with you but then I don't any same breath um (laughs) 
Yes, we must extend grace. Yes, but I feel, I I think that this is something that is this isn't good thing we've been struggling with for two years this is this has been a thing that's been her for years Agreed. and a point that I that I feel heavy about is the fact that um I I'm pretty sure the pastors read the same bible that I read as I could recall from what I've read and been taught in 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 the old testament they used to give sacrificial offerings like cutting up um animals and um giving up lambs and all that type of stuff wait can I just interject really fast I just feel like you are like up like I'm picturing you right now up at the pulpit like giving your intro to your speech like I should start turn to the old testament I just (laughs) looking at it let's turn our bibles to (laughs) but go ahead sis I'm a support I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with you I'm with you I'm following and then when you got to um, the New Testament, you see last of those blood sacrificial offerings. And we're currently in 2021. Um, last time I checked, I didn't have to cut a lamb to, um, to be in God's presence or to pray to him or talk to him. So it's clearly evident that even though we serve the same God, that is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, Amen. He does switch up some of his ways because he understands that, okay, this, this ain't going to work forever. I'm dealing with a new generation here. I'm dealing with a whole different mindset here. So let me just, let me just shift a little bit and let me adjust this. And that's, that's my issue. I, I'm, people, I'm not understanding why people don't get about that because change is, change is inevitable. Yes, but, but let's remember, let's also remember that the I think they were called Israelites at the time walked through the wilderness for 40 years and those that disobeyed God did not enter the promised land right so let's remember that part yes I agree with what you're saying but I also think that things take time and rather not 40 years just skirt me and I'm not trying to be her for 40 years we, we could be at the end of the 40 years I don't know um, so to speak but it, it is something that I think about that you know things take time and then there's that that like he 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 is such a merciful loving God that he didn't just say to him you know what you disobeyed I'm gonna kill you all no he was like nah you know what y'all's gonna learn you're gonna get to know me over the next 40 years and those that are, were really defiant you ain't even gonna see the promised land but your children will and that's where he shows his mercy and his love so we we kind of have to take it all in as one big picture Sorry to those who are missing the mark right now. I pray you get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory, I, I know I want to go to the promised land and I'm Jesus. Um, another point that I wanted to make was that um, as a leader, there are several uh, decisions and, and things you have to you have to make as a leader that don't just affect you, but also affect who you're leading. So I think there's a limit to how transparent a leader can be without um, destroying those that they lead in a sense. So I'm all for testifying, which, which to me, to testify means to 
acknowledge and put out there and be vulnerable of something that you have been through and are on the other side of it. But I think it's a whole nother thing for a leader to get up and say, I am currently struggling with. I'm not saying that they don't need to tell anybody, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be public about everything that they're struggling with. Because some things from a leadership point of view, the people that you're leading don't need to know. And there's a time and a season for everything. Also, if we are using the Holy Spirit that God gave us, you should be able to discern whether or not you should or shouldn't testify about something and whether or not you need to let your, your, um, your flock, so to speak, know about something that you're going through. Like I said already, there's a time and a season for everything. So if I'm going through something right now and I'm really, really struggling, it may not necessarily be something that you all need to know. Mm-hmm. When I feel like I have overcome the biggest hurdle and I can testify to how God brought me through, I think that as a leader may be the time for me to be vulnerable. It's not something that necessarily needs to be kept secret for the rest of my life, but I it may not be the time for me to tell you this right now. So I think as leaders, they have a lot to consider when leading, but I think that's where the Holy Spirit and having an intimate relationship with God comes in as well. But yeah, I agree and you're right, but we talked about it earlier about being self-righteous. If we're too consumed with self and not letting the spirit in, then how are we ever going to know when is God telling us like, this is your time to speak your testimony? And I agree with you. I don't feel like we should be in these streets um, 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 just running down the streets yelling, I'm a weed head. I smoked weed last night. Like, no, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's what we should be doing and there's a lot of stuff that people were like I'm struggling with something right now and I'm still in that season and once God brings me out and the testament is finished being written then yeah that's when I will speak my piece but that's the thing we need to I feel like we're so consumed with self and other things utilizing the ignoring the Holy Spirit and that's 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 the problem right there that's that's it I agree um, can I add something um, sure. to you guys' point? Um, I definitely agree. And even looking back at the other side, like about being vulnerable and sharing your testimony, like there's a lot of purpose in that. Like you share it so that way someone going through something can see, you know, oh, you know, I'm not like the worst person because I'm going through something because, you know, my leader is also going through something. But then at the same time, it's, it's good that you share it um, wisely and mm-hmm. appropriately mm-hmm. because so- sometimes sometimes when you give out that information, it may, uh, someone may receive it wrongly mm-hmm. and there's so many different ways they could take it. They could publicize it and turn on that leader's image or even a person who's struggling in that place can become comfortable and mm-hmm. say, oh, my leader's going through that. I don't, yes. need to, I don't need to get up. I don't need to fight anymore. Uh, exactly. this, is, this is what the Christian walk is. And I think a lot of times we just think, um, we just think in this vulnerability message is just spilling our business, just mm-hmm. to spill it, just so that way we could be real. No, we, 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 we share it with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want someone to tell me something to, to soothe me on the back. Like, no, I want to know that I want to know someone else who's gotten over the hurdle that I'm currently facing, you know, mm-hmm. right. and not, not feel like, um, not feel like, 
I have to to stay here. That's why we sure. That's why we testify. The Bible says that, you know, we overcome them by the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. So whether it would help that person in the moment or whether it will help that person after you've overcome it, I think it's um, that leader's responsibility to discern how to appropriately share that information. Okay. Um, yes, I, I, I'd like to talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to run a bike, just run a bike one, one time. Um, but no, I believe, like, I agree with Lavina. There's beauty in transparency and things like that. And we should definitely share our testimonies, like, once we have overcome something. But, you know, just pinpointing, piggy, piggybacking on what everyone else said, um, you have to be careful and you do have to use the Holy Spirit because not everyone has the right intentions. And that's sad to say, but some, I mean, I know I'm always, you know, some church people are messy. I'm sorry. But like you go and you tell your testimony and you're like, yeah, like I struggle with drinking. And then, you know what, next week they're going to invite you to a function where they know it's going to be a lot of alcohol and stuff like that. That's going to like literally trigger you. They're going to uh -huh. use like what you said against you, basically. Like, you know, so I feel like we have to be mindful Um because the devil is tricky. Like, he literally is tricky. We have to be mindful who we are telling our testimony to. Who are we, who are we telling our struggles to? Because not everybody that is there is really there. Not everybody who proclaims to be in our corner is really, like, rooting for us. Some people really do want to see our demise. Some people really do want to see our failure. Some people really do want to see us go astray from God. Like, it's, it's, it's really not a joke, and it's not a game. Like, we really need to use Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. to to recognize to discern those people to discern like what we should say what we shouldn't say lord put a brittle on my tongue like if i'm not meant to say this don't let me say it type thing yeah i agree and one key thing robert said which which ties in with everything is using wisdom and we'll find that we'll if you tap into um the holy spirit that god has gifted of us he will give you that wisdom that you need look at that all of us Lovely. growing up but we lack, we're lacking the spirit, clearly. Um, um, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. We're finally kind of salad in. It's just like, well, clearly we're missing the hill. Come back to the post. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, do you, mm. God has really given me an honest tongue, and sometimes it could be very brutal. My apologies. But no, um, I agree with everything everybody's saying. And I feel like I've told you, said this to you guys before, that this life that we live is not, is not for ourselves. It's not to appease ourselves. It's not for us. We live a life for Christ. And evidently, our testimonies, I don't think people understand that our testimony is what helps other people with breakthrough, with strongholds to be broken, with deliverance. And I feel like we are failing those people who need to hear what we've been through because they need, some people need to hear this. They need to know that, you know, Sakara, when she was in high school, she did smoke a lot, but who she is today and she's doing better testify um, but another thing is that i i agree that i agree with you guys that we need to be careful in how we share our testimonies but my 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 issue is not even just solely about the testimonies i don't i don't i don't have my thing is that you don't have to come to me and say that this is what you've been through it's my thing of judgment no full well 
that you've done that thing, that you've done worse things. You don't have to tell me that you've done it. But stop judging me. Stop pointing fingers. Stop yeah. attacking me as if you have not sinned. That's my problem. You don't have to tell me what you've been through. But stop pointing fingers. Stop judging. Stop talking about me. Stop ridiculing me. Stop bringing me down. Stop attacking my character. Like you have not sinned. I don't need to know what you've been through, but I know I know that you have seen and fallen short because everybody does that. We're flash. We're human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to trip up. It is what it is. But I just pray that the Lord doesn't um, reveal your, your, um, um, your secrets in your closet because oh, they're there. They are there. It, yeah, they are there. And and I know some hey. of them, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say nothing because I know that they're okay. And I know sorry. who they are. Okay, you, let you, me let me as the leader. Let me let me let me just reel this in. Let me. I'm reeling fast. I'm man. This reel is woo. No, so, because some people are really lucky that you don't attack them with the same fire. Are they lucky they or are they blessed? Are they lucky or are they blessed? It's because I don't know, but they gotta thank God. They really. It's because thank God. it's because we have grace, key. That's we that's, do have grace. We have grace and we know forgiveness. And uh, I'm seeing uh, a lot of pastors that be having pure skeletons in the closet and they're still judging me and I'm just confused and I'm like Lord I have to get down on my knees every day and ask God to help me because honestly honestly there's a lot of secrets that I could spill out but I'm gonna I'm gonna just be quiet I'm gonna sit using the wisdom that the Holy Ghost gave to you right yeah because I'm not about self and what we can agree on is that one gray area that shouldn't be in any church is showing the love of Christ Yes, it comes back to showing the love of Christ. If you show the love of Christ, you won't be judgmental. Yeah, if you show the love of Christ, you won't be so fearful of any of the skeletons being shown. Showing the love of Christ, um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I did put um a little survey on Instagram one day about whether or not it's obedience than love or love than obedience, and I did a pretty in depth study of places in the bible that talk about obedience and love and for me at the end of the day it all starts with love yeah. whether you not you love the other person whether or not you love god whether or not you love your husband or your children everything starts with love so in a sense if we're being judgmental and we're turning our back on people and ignoring people in a sense we're saying i don't love you and then if, if you're saying that you don't love the other person do you love christ right um, something else I wanted to bring up is that there is a difference between a slip up and living a life of sin. Hallelujah. Now, I feel like for some of us that are uh, on this Christian walk, um, the judgment can make us feel like we're living a life of sin. Yeah. Whereas as human beings, as God created us, we're going to make a mistake. We have weaknesses. We have triggers. Things are going to happen. And I think there's a big difference between, oh, my God, I slipped up on Sunday versus I slipped up on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for five months. That's kind of two, two different things. Yeah. Um, not being judgmental about it. I'm just pointing out that it's two different things for us on this Christian walk. I yes, Kara. You feel attacked. <laughs> I'm not trying to attack you. <laughs> I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just pointing it out as, as a means of hope. <laughs> as you know, from the beginning of the year, God has 
placed in my heart the story about the prodigal son. And, and I'm really passionate about those young people, primarily young people. I'm sure there are older people, but primarily young people for me. I'm passionate about young people that may have fallen away from the relationship with God or turned their back on God or, you know, been hurt by somebody in the church and things of that nature and how they may feel that because from the church's point of view or from the Christian mama's point of view, they're living a life of sin that there's no way back. Like whether or not it's a gray area in the church or not, like like we have to put it out there that God loves everybody. Like he loves everybody. There's there's no limitation. God loves everybody. And whether or not you feel like you've turned your back on God or walked away from the church or forgotten about your faith, there is a way back. So that that's part of the hope that I want to put out there that even if there is a young person listening and, and they've been in the club for the last few months and smoking weed and getting drunk every day or whatever, that God still loves them. And they can still turn their life around and live for Christ. Like there is no like, oh, well, you're going too far. You can't come back. Romans 8.39 says, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Like nothing can separate you. And, and, I think these gray areas in the church are a distraction, so to speak, to us evangelizing, to us forming relationships, to us showing the love of Christ. It's not about that. It's about showing the love of Christ just straight up and down, point blank, simple. You know what the you know what the solution is to it all? I feel I feel as if we try to fix people too much sometimes. We try to play God in people's lives and we're trying so hard to get them out of this issue. We're trying so, but it's honestly, the Bible even says it. Some things can only be done through prayer and fasting. So if you see a young person that's struggling with something, still extend that love, still extend that grace, but be in heavy prayer and fasting for that person. That that's, is a simple solution. Love, prayer, fasting grace that's it but we're lacking the love we're lacking the grace and we just want to kick them at the knees and send them out sorry you don't belong here now um for those of you that are listening i need to point out that while we're having this vocal conversation we're also having conversations on whatsapp lord help us and robert is the biggest one for this but he did just put in whatsapp that it's not a sin issue, it's a love issue. And I think that is powerful because a lot of times what we do as people, not even as Christians, but as people, we focus on what's wrong. Yeah. What what what, what is wrong? What is the sin? What you know? But what about the hope, like I was saying Ariel earlier? What about the love? It's it's not it's not about the sins, it's not about the gray areas, it's not about you know, what's sinful, what's not sinful. Do you love God? Number one, do you love God? And if you love God, you'll love others. And if you love others, you'll love yourself. It's all a cycle. And when you love somebody, you will do for them. You will be obedient to what God's telling you. If you love God, you will take the gift that he has given us of the Holy Spirit and use discernment and use wisdom and be vulnerable where you need to be vulnerable. Be transparent when you need to be transparent. So, I wholeheartedly agree with Robert. It's not about the sin. It's not about the gray areas. It's do we really love Christ? Yeah. And the Bible said that says that love fulfills the law. So Amen. if you're operating in love, we 
we focus so much on getting rid of the seeing instead mm-hmm. of getting love in. Exactly. And <laughs> and that we turn away people who have hearts for God because they have a thorn. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, you have a thorn. No, go away. And then they ended up, I saw this meme, um, not a meme, a, a, a tweet, I think, yesterday. And it said, there's a lot of people who were genuinely in love with God who have been turned away because they don't fit the mode of the church. Oh, my God. And we, like you said, Sister Lavina, that we focus so much on what's wrong that we we don't embrace them with their love for God, you know? We don't love them. We don't love them. And that's on period. We don't yep. love them. Yeah. I like the way you said that. Um, pushing sin out instead of letting love in. The more you let love in, the sin will go. There it is. Love covers a multitude of sins. Thank you. That's, that's what my Bible says. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, like, even if you imagine, like, I don't know, like a a, a tunnel that's right. got a whole pile of sin in it. It's got two ends to it. The more love you get coming through there, the sin has to right. leave. You know what I mean? Right. So, if you focus on the love part. The CN will have no choice but to leave. All right, guys, this has been an awesome conversation. We're obviously going to need a part two to this because we only touched at the tip of the iceberg on this topic. Um, those of you that are listening, be tuned in for part two. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast. For those who don't know, Kingdom Minds began as a way to reach you through conversation. Open, transparent conversation. After many months on Zoom, the team decided to broaden our reach by creating a podcast. So if you're looking for thought-provoking content, subscribe and stay tuned.